were putting this together, I was like, you know what? I'm really looking forward to men's night. We had a great ladies' night last Wednesday. And when we finished with ladies' night, I was like, wow, how do you top that? Ladies knew what they were doing. So us men, we're going to just cowboy up. <laughs> but I'm excited. we got some great speakers. And I feel like the Lord has directed them to be speaking tonight. And, uh, and I'm for the, our first speaker, I'm so very, very proud of, of him and all that he has done and all that he has uh, just, uh, uh, just did, uh, everything I've asked of him. And it's Brother Alex Gonzalez. And um, yeah, I appreciate Brother Alex. Brother Alex is consistent. He is faithful. And he is a blessing to the kingdom of God. And I want Brother Alex to talk to us tonight. Preach to us. Amen. Love you, buddy. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord, church. All right. So I timed myself uh, preaching at home, and I was uh, just above 10 minutes. So if I stay on my notes, then we should get out here uh, sometime today. So, um, so Matthew, can you bring up the title of my message? The title of my message is basically just walk with God. Um, the original title was on learning how to walk so you can walk with God. And uh, I think it'll make more sense as I go along. So first, I want to thank uh, Pastor Grogan and Bishop Abbott. Without them, um, I would have, first of all, have no guidance in my life as far as where to go with God. And um, I'm just thankful for every opportunity, Pastor, you've given me. And uh, I love it. And I encourage everyone to know your pastor and to get, get with him. And he'll guide you and show you the way. So... Um, title, Walk with God. Well, my inspiration for this message was a song I sing for prayer. Um, that's, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. It's a song that I've known for years, a song that I've always hummed and sung to, my, to myself and to my wife, uh, unwilling volunteer. Um, <laughs> and as you begin to think about those words, you can't even walk without Jesus. Down on my knees, that's where I learn to stand. And when you really think about that, it really strikes you as, what does it mean to stand? What does it mean to walk with God? Um, so I, I came to the revelation that walking is such a pivotal part of our lives. It's so ingrained in us that there's really no changing how we walk. And I'm, I mean physically walk, right? If you look at people, how they walk, they normally don't change the way they walk throughout their entire lives. You can look at a silhouette of a person and, oh, I know who that is just by the way they walk. Right. Some people say I have a slouch when I walk. My head goes a little forward, you know, whatever. You know, I rebuke that in Jesus name. But it, it stems from the point that it's hard to teach yourself how to walk or walk correctly, whatever, because it's so ingrained to you. It's hard to unlearn something that you've thought you've known all your life. So and the thing about walking is the word the word itself walking is used a lot in the Bible. It's in every corner of the Bible, the action of walking is used to describe many interactions with God. So God describes the two following men as walking with God. Uh, Zacharias in Luke 1.6, it says, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of, Lord, of the Lord blameless. Now, he's not talking about physically walking. Uh, and, and also in the scripture, Genesis 17, 1-5, um, I probably won't read the whole thing, but it says, and when Abraham was 90 uh, years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Um, 
And that's just a few examples of how God and how the Bible uses just the word walk. So the word walk is used 211 times in the Bible. So I just used two scriptures, so there's 209 scriptures left to go. Uh, if we start now, we'll be finished uh, pretty soon. I'm just kidding. Um, and that doesn't include the word walked or walking. So you can only imagine how many times the word actually appears and how many times uh, the Bible actually uses it. So why does the Bible use a picture, draw a picture of walking? Why does he, why does he show us a physical attribute for a spiritual side of ourselves and our relationship with God? Well, the Bible is very clear in comparing uh, the way we live as God, with God, as walking with God. Our lifestyles is compared to walking with God. So this is something that's meant to be a daily activity, something you don't even have to think about, something you don't even have to, uh, you, when you walk from a place to place, you don't think, oh, I'm walking, I'm going to move my left arm this way, I'm going to lift my right arm, my right uh, arm, my right leg this way, my left leg. You don't think about all, about all that. That's all basically involuntary. But at the same time, it's not. You're really commanding your body to do that. But you've done it so much, so many times, for so many years since you're a little kid that it's ingrained into you. Um, so it's hard to unlearn to walk. It's hard to teach yourself uh, to walk differently. You could be walking correctly your whole life. You could be walk walking incorrectly your whole life. It takes somebody to point out, hey, man, you're slouching. Hey, man, your chin's, you know, too far down or... You swing your arms a little funny, you know. It takes somebody to tell you that, to notice, oh, man, you're right. I've been walking weird my whole life, and no one's told me. Oh, man. Um, and that stems to the point that nobody wants to hear that the way you walk has been wrong. Nobody wants to hear that, that you slouch too much or that you stomp your feet too much or you drag your feet too much. Uh, maybe you swing your arms too much or not enough. Uh, maybe uh, sometimes we know how we physically walk is wrong. Maybe we just have poor posture. You know, who knows? This is a physical attribute. You know, who cares about the way we walk? You know, God loves us. You know, thank God for his mercy and his grace. But it stems to the point that the picture of us walking is the same way God describes us walking with him. And you'll see. So uh, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to relearn how to walk myself, well, who's going to teach me? So naturally, you know, me being a, a young person, I Google it. How do you walk? Right. And so I read th different articles and it's like a bunch of, you know, angles and and pressures. And I'm like, uh, just give me the the uh, how to do it for dummies, you know, version. So I f eventually found a wiki of how to do it. And it gave just four simple steps of how to walk. So basically, step one, you stand upright as you walk. And it says, although everyone has their own unique individual style, certain common behaviors can prove almost everyone's walking experience. Chief among these is your posture. As you walk, keep your head straight, your back straight, and your chin up. Maintaining this posture will keep your spine straight and help you breathe by taking pressure off your diaphragm. And it notes, resist the urge to hunch or slouch as you walk. Over time, bad posture can lead to back pain, stiff neck, and even more serious illnesses. So step one, you stand upright as you walk. Simple. Before you can walk, you have to stand. You can't do it sitting down. You can't do it laying down. You have to take initiative and first stand. And you don't just stand up weakly. You stand up straight and you stand up strong. Step two, use your calves, hamstring, quadriceps to walk effectively. Use your muscles, right? God gave you muscles in your legs to walk. Once you stand, then you use the muscles that God gave you 
it says, an effective walking motion uses nearly, nearly all of the muscle groups in the leg, not just one. As you walk, visualize pushing off with your back foot, using your hamstring and quadriceps, propel you forward, blah, blah, blah. This brings your calf muscles into play. Use them to keep your feet in correct, elevated angle for your steps. Right, right, yeah. Um, step three, keep your shoulders pulled back, but relax. Now, once, you got, once you're standing up, once you got your muscles working, now you gotta control your body and make sure you don't get lazy while you walk. Make sure your body wants to, oh, I'm tired, let me just, let me just keep going. No, you gotta keep your shoulders back, you gotta keep your, uh, your, your, your spine straight, and you gotta just persevere, you gotta hold on, stay, stay strong. Step one, stand upright. Step two, use your muscles. Step three, keep your shoulders pull, pulled back, but relax. And fourth, and most importantly, you gotta swing your arms as you walk. You can't walk like you're carrying a suitcase everywhere. <laughs> and there's people like that. I've seen them. There's some people that, that oh, well, God bless them, they have just long arms, you know, and they just, they just swing every which direction, every which direction the wind goes. Uh, step four, swing your arms as you walk. For most, this should be a second nature. As you walk, let your arms hang naturally at your sides. Your arms should begin to swing in small arcs as you start to walk. The quicker you walk, the longer the arcs. Moving arms as a natural part of walking is profound to increase the efficiency of your stride, allowing you to walk further to the same amount of metabolic, mm, yeah. If weather permits, try to keep your hands out of your pockets. Just a little nugget for you guys. So how does this come into effect of how you live with God? Well, let's take a look at step one. Stand upright as you walk. Some of you guys already see where this is going. This means to be confident in the way you hold yourself. Not just your personal self. Be confident in the way you, in, the, in your belief. Be confident in the way you stand in God. Before you can walk with God, you got to first stand for God and stand with God. You cannot walk with God if you do not go forward boldly, strong and proud. Resist the urge to slouch. Keep up your strength like a soldier of God. There's a reason soldiers are taught to walk. There's a reason they're taught how to walk, how to uh, cadences is really what it is. They walk to a rhythm. It's, it's ingrained in them from the start. They have to unlearn so they can learn how to truly walk, to walk correctly. Step two, use your muscles to physically move you. Once you got the standing portion right, now you got to use the muscles that God gave you. What tools did God give you to walk, to go forward in his name? He gave you his word, the Bible. He gave you a pastor to guide you and show you the way. He gave you a Holy Spirit to guide you. He gave you a direct line to talk to him. At any moment, you can say, Jesus, Lord, forgive me. Jesus, I need you. He gave you tools, and he wants you to flex those tools. He wants you to use them. They're not there to just wither away and die. He wants you to use prayer. He wants you to use fasting, all your tools to walk in line with him. Step three, keep your shoulders pulled back to reduce strain, prevent injury. Well, how do you relate that? Well, you got to pull back your flesh sometimes. It's not comfortable always staying upright. It hurts sometimes. You start getting strain in your back, but you have to do it. You got to pull back your flesh. You don't want to do it, but you got to pull it back. Keeping your body in check would bring spiritual benefits and keep your spirit healthy. And the last step, swing your arms as you walk. It increases the efficiency of your walk. Well, just because you use your legs to walk doesn't mean you don't need your hands for something. Use your hands to worship. As you walk, 
you walk with your hands constantly swinging. As you walk with God, you should always use your hands to worship God. Use your body to naturally worship God. It should be natural. It shouldn't, you shouldn't have to think about worshiping God. You shouldn't have to think about where am I, who's watching, what should I do. It should be natural. Swing your arms. Worship God with your hands. Worship God with, with your voice, with your hands clapping. Um, it says in the Bible to use your hands in worship through the playing of instruments or clapping and lifting up of your hands in surrender. God gave you those arms, your body part, to increase your efficiency in the way you walk. And my last point, my conclusion, Enoch walked with God. It doesn't say give a detailed point by point what he did. Oh, well, he prayed, you know, three times a day and he did this. He simply walked. He knew how to walk and he understood what it meant to walk with God. So if you walk with God, if you take whatever notion you thought you knew about your walk with God, the way you walk, just like some of you think you, you walk just fine, uh, you know, walk by a soldier or something, be like, oh, well, you're slatching, you know, uh, your belly's sticking out too much, you know, your chin's not too high. Same thing with pastor or somebody who knows God, somebody who understands how to walk with God. They'll identify, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. If you want to truly walk with God, you have to strive and you have to keep doing it. And that's everything I have. So if we can just conclude with everyone worshiping God. Lord Jesus, we worship you, God. Lord, we praise you, Jesus, Lord. And we thank you, God. We thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Clap your hands unto the Lord. This race is not to the fastest nor to the swiftest, but to he that endures unto the end. I told Brother Ray Bonilla, I'm going to moonwalk up there. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how fast you do this, but Enoch walked with God. What a powerful, what a powerful thought that was. And he pleased God. Stop trying to please others. Stop trying to be someone you're not. Be you. If you got a swag in your walk, well, walk with the swag in your walk. If you walk with a little slump, well, do, what you, do your walk. Do the best that you can with what you have. And God will bless you. Amen. Give it up, brother. Alex, thank you. I'm proud of him. And, you know, uh, he's the only Bible college kid that went, young man, that went to Christian Life College. He's the only one that always affirmed to me, Pastor, don't worry about it. I'm coming back home. He's the only one. My kids don't even say that. But I'm proud of your walk. I'm proud of what God is doing. Amen. And I want to walk with God and I want to please God. Don't you? Amen. Our next speaker, I'm telling you, I love this guy. And you can't help but love him. He is amazing. And uh, some of you know him, some of you don't. Uh, but I'm telling you, you need to get to know him. He is a jewel. The uh, Bible says he that wants to be the greatest in the kingdom must learn to become the servant of all. There was a man that many years ago, one of his desires was, he said, I just can't wait. It was back in the day we had those big red chairs up on the platform. He's like, I can't wait to sit on that. I was like, well, man, if you're looking for a position, God doesn't need you. He's looking for servants. And he said, he that wants to be the grace, be a servant of all. And Brother Rudy, you are a servant of all. And I love Brother Rudy. 
I'm proud that he's at Abundant Life Center, and he's going to speak to us. Would you give it up for Brother Rudy? We love you. In Jesus' name, take your liberty. Amen. Give it up for our pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. And Sister Grogan as well. Praise God. Beautiful couple. Amen. In the kingdom of God. Pastor, I want to thank you and Sister Grogan for allowing me to come up and share the word of God this night. And I believe God's going to speak to us. Amen. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I've already felt it in the air for some time. God is going to do a new thing in our church. Amen. Whether, whether you know it or not, but God is moving. Amen. I've, over the messages Pastor has ministered on, uh, I've been coming to uh, some of the um, Spanish ministry, and there's a linking there of the same uh, vision. And uh, I just want you to know, be ready, church. Amen. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know if he's going to bring the, the, open the floodgates of, he, uh, of the doors here and bring them in, or he's going to trickle them in. Who knows, but God is going to do a new work here. You and I, you and I need to be prepared for that. Can you say amen? <laughs> praise God, praise God. Pastor Grogan, uh, you ministered on that uh, message uh, a couple of Sunday nights ago on the Holy Ghost, stirred my heart up. It just confirmed what I was going to be bringing forth tonight. I want you to know, amen, didn't stir my heart in that service, but I want you to know when I went home that night and I began uh, to, to, to turn in for the night and long about the midnight hour, God gave me a, a dream. And when I came out of that dream, it turned into a vision. But that vision and that dream was it was like a, 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 a tidal wave. And in that tidal wave, I was at the, at the coast there. But in that tidal wave, you could see uh, body parts, body limbs. Not that they were all separated, but the, they were in the water just tumbling. Some made it to the shore, some didn't. And I just thought about it. And so God just showed me that we really, really as a church need to get out there and spread the word around there's people that are dying out there, people that need the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? God didn't call us, amen, just to sit down and get comfortable, but God called us, amen, to go forth and reach the lost and praise God. And I also want to touch on another area. Uh, we were at prayer meeting and uh, Monday night, and I had lifted up the revival meetings that we'll be having in the next days and, and months to come, and uh, Sister Grogan had um, shared something I believe I had said about uh, God would just, uh, uh, something along the line of evangelism. And Sister Grogan said, you know, evangelism is with everybody. We need all to be evangelists, amen? We don't have to wait for the man to come and, and stir our hearts up, amen? We need, amen, to be evangelists, go out there and share the word. That's what evangelism is, is, is sharing the word, planting the seeds. I don't know about you, amen, but I don't, I don't want to be here uh, at, at uh, and in the next uh, six, seven months with the same amount of people. I want to see this place full. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, Saturday, sometimes they say that whenever you minister on a topic, uh, you got to apply what you share. And so uh, Saturday after the work day, work crew we had here, I had gone out and I had to take care of a couple of things in the, uh, in the marketplaces and so forth. So uh, I got myself some flyers. And uh, as I was going and taking care of uh, some of the uh, things that I needed to do, I, I had to, uh, I had to uh, apply what I'm going to preach tonight. Amen. If I can get this watch off. So um, I had to apply what I preach on. So I was, in the, uh, I was in the parking lot walking, and there was a, there was a gentleman with, uh, 
I'm sure not all of us were his kids, but he had five, five little guys walking. So I told him, I says, hey, I'd like to invite you to our church. I'd like you to, to, uh, to come and visit. I said, God is moving. God is doing some good things. And he was open. You know, he said, oh, okay, boss, I'll, I'll go. And so I was walking, and I spaced myself out, going to my car. And I told him, hey, by the way, I says, you know, I says, bring the kids to church as well. I says, because you know what? There's so many things happening in the world today that, you know, it's dangerous for our children. And he said, yep, yep, yep. So that was one incident. And then the other incident, um, I was at uh, Walmart, and there was a lady uh, with pushing a, a cart with her, with, her, with her child. And I shared with her. Oh, actually, I was in the car already. And so I called her over, you know, and I was surprised. And I thought about, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I was getting too, too fresh, you know. But I, I wasn't getting fresh. I had a message to give her. So, so, so I gave her, I gave her the, 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 the card there, and, uh, you know, she was open. What I'm trying to say, church, is that people are open today. We shouldn't fear, amen, shouldn't fear uh, going to a stranger and telling them, oh, do you know Jesus? We, we, that's our mission to do, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, lastly, but not, on that same uh, uh, Saturday, uh, towards the evening, I had to go to the market to get some food. And uh, I had crossed in the parking lot, and there was a van parked there. And uh, I was going to give him uh, 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 the card, and uh, he, he was smoking something, amen, but it wasn't cigarettes, amen. It hit me hard, hit me hard, you know, and I, I wanted to retreat. I wanted to, you know, not, not, not give it to him, but... But God told me, you, you got to give it to him. So he was in the phone. He was in the van. It was dark in, in the van. So I gave, him, I gave him the flower. He actually stopped talking on his cell phone, put it down to hear what I had to say. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I just want to share with you that. Amen. We need to, we need to evangelize. Amen. The town of Tulare, praise God. We need to let him know we're here. Amen. We need to, amen, uh, uh, like the Bible says, amen, turn the city upside down for Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open them up with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to kind of be floating around there. And uh, how many are ready to receive from the Lord tonight? Amen. Praise God. Don't get quiet on me. Amen. When you want to say amen, say amen. When you want to say praise the Lord, praise the Lord. When you want to say thank you, Jesus, say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. When you're all there, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 8, but you, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses, amen. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and all Samaria and to the, uh, and to the ends of the earth. Chapter 2, verse 8, the book of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost had, fall, had fully come, they were all filled one of they were. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of a rush, a sound that came uh, uh, from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, they appeared to them divided tongues as if fire, and one sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I hear you say, "Amen"? All filled, Amen. Praise God. They began to speak with other tongues 
Praise the Lord. On that day of Pentecost, amen, the church received power to evangelize, amen, the world, amen. When, when the 120 came, from the, came down from the upper room, amen, they came down with the d- dynamics uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was a spiritual phenomenon issuing forth joyful ecstasy and miracles, working power resulting in the conviction of sin, repentance toward God, amen, repentance, uh, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts 20, 21, some were empowered for special services, but all received the power to witness, praise God. That's telling you right now and confirming that that we need to be witnesses, amen. Witnesses, one who who saw something and has testified that it is real, amen. The real power is not found in the newest churches. It's not found in popularity. It's not found in in the uh, renowned uh, preachers or speakers. But you can always tell a New Testament church, it's involved and it's empowered by a people of believers filled with the Holy Ghost. They evangelize, amen. The local church, the New Testament church evangelizes, amen. They share their faith with the lost and souls are saved. Uh, Evangelism is a way to make full proof of our ministry, praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 Paul, can I get some water, somebody, one of the disciples? Can you give me some water? There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. Evangelism is a way to make full proof of your ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, Paul tells Timothy, do the work of an evangelism. Make full proof of your ministry, amen. And God is telling us today, amen, ALC, amen. Let's make full proof of our ministry, amen. Let's do the work of evangelism, amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just come on Wednesday, Sunday morning and Sunday night and sit and sit, amen. We got to do something, amen. We got to put our faith to action, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. So Paul tells Timothy, do the work of evangelism. When the church is not involved in winning souls, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Amen. It grieves the Holy Spirit because it wants to go forth and save souls, but we hold it back. And it is void. It is void of power, the church. Amen. There is a dryness. There's no life. There's no impact in the city. Amen. Nothing is happening around. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, you want to know the title of this message? Stir the gift within. Amen. If you want a title, praise God. So also, too, amen, the local church reproduces. Amen. It reproduces souls, souls born into the family of God by an incorruptible seed of God, which is the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23, it says, born again, not of, not of seed which is perishable, but of imperishable seed. Amen. The spirit-filled believer sows the seed, amen, to, to the lost, amen, or to, or to, the, to the sinner. And, and this is evangelism. The Holy Spirit hovers over the seed, convicting and leading the lost to repentance. This is spiritual birth. It has an effect in lives of people and places and things, amen. Kind of wonder what happens, amen, when a church begins to pray in the Holy Ghost. Things begin to change, amen. The environment around the neighborhood begin to change. Amen. Places, amen, where people were sinning, bars or tattoo shops or, or, or immorality things. Amen. God begins to uproot those things and move them out. Amen. 
Praise God. I had moved into my neighborhood, and there was some uh, uh, rowdy neighbors. Amen. So I just prayed, God, let the Holy Ghost uh, touch their lives. Either bring them to church or, or, or move upon them. And about maybe four months, I saw a U-Haul van backed up, and they moved, God moved them out. Amen. The neighborhood's quiet now. Praise the Lord. The God, amen, the Holy Spirit, amen, moves, changes per people and places and things, amen. Many, and so the Bible says in Acts 2, 241, that the Bible says that many were, were added in verse 47, and the Lord added daily, praise God. And so, uh, and also too, there was a, a great, there was also a great unity in the believers, amen. Church, I want you to know something. You and I, if we're going to see revival, if we're going to see the hand of God move, we need to be united, Amen. Praise God. Pastor called an outreach for Saturday. Let it not be the last outreach that we all come. Amen? Praise God. There's going to be, summer's coming. Amen? The, the, the new season is coming about us. Amen? We need to go to the streets. Amen? We need to have two or three teams. Amen? Some go to the marketplaces. Some go to the neighborhoods. Pass out flyers or, or tracks and let them know. Amen? That what's happening in our church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, amen, there was a great unity. There is also, too, a liberality of giving of oneself and also of finances. Amen? Also of finances. Liberality and revival go hand in hand. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? He doesn't love a grudgingly giver, but he loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9-7 talks about that. Praise God. Whenever there is a great move of God and his spirit, there is a giving of finances in God's people to further the gospel, to further the kingdom, amen. There needs to be meat. There needs to be food in his storehouse, amen. We should always have tracks, amen. Let's be liberal. Let's be giving, amen, unto the kingdom of God. Praise God, hallelujah. And so, amen, whenever there's a, a great move of God, as I said, there's a people of giving of their finances. They sold, the Bible says in 245, they sold their possessions, divided them as needed. Many of, many of us, I want you to know, are going to make great sales or profits, amen, as we serve God, income tax return, you know, and the Holy Spirit will quicken your heart to bring an offering to God, whether it be 10% or whether it be just an offering, but God's going to quicken your heart. I'm going to share something with you right now. I'm going to stop. What did I do with it? Somewhere around here. When I first came to the church, I, I just had enough to get by, and I talked to my pastor because I knew the law of the harvest. I knew what God's word said about giving and being faithful in your tithes and offerings because I came from a church that really, really emphasized that, and, you know, I was, I was a faithful and, and, and uh, a liberal giver, and God always met my needs, but when I moved over here, things were a little bit tight, and when I, I came in, I, I felt felt bad because I couldn't give like I wanted to give. And I told Pastor Grogan, I said, Pastor, I go, this is what's happening right now, but when I get on my feet, I'm going to, you know, give my tithes and, and offerings to you. Pastor prayed over me. He uh, believed God for me. And I want you to know, God began to, to, to move in my life, and, and now I, I can give my full amount of tithes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He made a way. But also, Pastor, I want you to know, I got a check in the mail on Monday. And, you know, and praise God. So the first thing that when I did, I opened that. I wasn't even expecting this check. It's, a, it's an overage from, um, from the uh, uh, property tax. 
And the first thing that I did, or the first thing that came to my mind, I'm going to tie from this. So when you open that envelope, whoever opened that envelope, it's from this. So I just want to give God the glory. And I'm not, and I'm not here to exalt myself, but I want you to know, amen, when you're faithful and you're giving, God always returns his, uh, you know, his, his, his promise. Praise God. Things change. Places change. People's lives change. There's an awakening. Amen. Oh, I praise God. Amen. If we go to the streets Saturday and we start to, you know, stir up the city. Amen. People may want to chase us out of their stores or their storefronts. Uh, amen. Praise God. We're doing something right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So there is an awakening, amen. The Bible says in Acts 17, 6, the ruler, there was some rulers there. They were getting mad because the, the disciples were causing a stir in their city. And he said, these, the rulers cried out, and they, and they said, these men have turned the city upside down. Amen. Praise God. I want you to know, uh, there's going to be maybe people talking. There's people at ALC that are turning the city upside down with their outreaches. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I'm stirred. Amen. Acts 19. Amen. Acts 19, 1 through 6. Paul is traveling through Ephesus. He meets some disciples there, and he asked them, uh, did you receive the Holy Ghost? And uh, they said, no, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Ghost. So Paul, amen, as bold as he was, amen, not afraid to share, amen, or witness, he says, come here. He says, so he laid hands on him, and then he began, and Paul began to pray, and then he began speaking in other tongues and prophesying on their way. Praise God, amen. 2 Timothy 1, 6, uh, the, Bible, the Bible says, amen, stir the gift that is within thee by the laying of my hands. Paul was talking to Timothy, Timothy, excuse me, that uh, he had not given him, or that God had not given him the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Today, church, especially young hearts that are here tonight, God has not given you the spirit of fear. God has not given you anything but, but a power and of a sound mind, amen, with love. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want you to know something, young hearts. You're going to touch lives that I can't touch, of course, amen, because there's a lot of young folks, amen. There's a lot of young folks that are lost in the world right now, amen. So he tells, so he tells Timothy, stir the gift, amen, that's within. Um, and that's, and that, and that, 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 uh, let's see, God is telling, amen, God is telling our church today to stir the gift, praise God, amen, that, uh, uh, that was given to us. Praise God. Many of us already received the Holy Ghost. Some, amen, are, 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 are God's uh, uh, timing is, 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 is falling upon you, amen, to begin to, to move in the Holy Spirit, uh, amen. But the, but the Holy Ghost gives us power. It gives us boldness, amen. When we don't have power, amen, there's a fear in our lives, amen. We don't want to witness. We don't want to share the word, amen. Uh, we, we, we don't want to share our testimony, praise God. Uh, when, we, when we allow people to intimidate us, amen, we get neutralized, amen, and our, effect our effectiveness uh, for God, we, we get neutralized and our, effective, our effectiveness for God as well, amen, we, we, we kind of just freeze up, amen, praise God, but God has given you the power, praise God, he's given you the power, Romans 8, 31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us, amen, what can man do to us? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalms 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my life. 
of whom shall I fear? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the power, amen, that filled the upper room congregation on the day of Pentecost. That same power is within believers today in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the power of the church. It's sad to say, it's very sad that uh, you're going to meet Christians when we go on outreaches. Uh, amen. As you're passing flyers out, uh, they're going to try to link up with you. Uh, but they're, uh, amen, they're, they don't have the power. The, amen. They're, 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 their churches don't uh, believe in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it's sad to say that uh, many Christians, amen, are being misled today. They say that uh, it's not for today. We don't believe in the gift of tongues or interpretations uh, in our church. Uh, they, they, they lock out the Holy Ghost. Amen. They need to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it says, And the Spirit of God was moving over the waters. It's always been around, church. Amen. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me that it's not for today. It's always been around. Amen. The book of Joel says on, on chapter 28, uh, on, chapter, on chapter 2, verse 28 through 30, it says that, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. And great signs and wonders will take place upon the skies and upon the earth. Amen. And I like this. Amen. I like the last or, or, the, or later part of that verse where it says, verse 32, it says, And all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm going to close now. Uh, I, I want to quote my pastor, what he said one time. Uh, he was uh, giving a testimony when he was younger. He was on a bicycle uh, for a race. Uh, amen. And the, 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 the race took off, and he happened to uh, take a fall. Amen. But his helmet had all the words said, you haven't seen nothing yet. Amen. Pray ALC. Amen. Abundant Life Center. You haven't seen nothing yet. Amen. Praise God. You haven't seen nothing yet. Praise God. Praise God. We, amen, we are, redeem, we, we, are, are, we are redeemed sinners. It's up to us to tell sinners that Jesus can redeem them also. Amen. We are redeemed sinners. Amen. God's, God's gospel has not reached its final destination. If someone in your family or workplace or school or community hasn't heard the good news about Jesus Christ, Make sure in some way you share his loving message. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. That's, that's all that I have for today. Give God glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Fuego, hallelujah. Amen. And I believe it, the best is yet to come. And we can't do it, but God can. We water, we plant, but God gives the increase. Thank you, Brother Rudy. That was a word from God that blessed my heart, that blessed my soul, that wants me to stir up that gift, to break up that fallow ground. God, do it through me. I don't have much, but God, I give you my hands, I give you my feet, I give you what I have. Let me be a vessel that you can use in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. And Brother Manuel Garcia, our last speaker of the night, he's got it burning on the inside. Would you give it up for Brother Manuel? I love him dearly. Amen. I love him so much.
Praise the Lord, church. It was kind of hard for me to, to get here, so I don't know about you. Picking up kids, getting out of work. I'm sure some of you had to uh, bathe them and tell them to hurry up and uh, make your husband some uh, lunch or dinner, and then you better, you better have it. <laughs> but I'd like to encourage you. Thank you, Brother Rudy. That encouraged me and that stirred me. And you know what? I'd like to uh, be on that same note. Get here on Saturday. It's pastor's vision, loving people and serving our world. Get behind our pastor because we are going to turn the city upside down in Jesus' name. So, pastor, I'd like to thank you and I'd like to thank the first lady for still believing in me. And I know I always say that because you do and you've always had patience with me and you still believe in me. So if you could please turn to your Bibles, and I don't have a, a, a title for this message, so please turn your Bibles to Matthew 4.18. I'm tired, so if it looks like I'm looking at my uh, notes, it's because I am. <laughs> and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. So what Jesus does, he goes and gets two other brothers. He finds two other brothers with their father. And they're in the boat. And guess what they're doing? They're mending their nets. Amen? That's one. Guess what, they, guess what Jesus did? He calls them, and they leave their father. Immediately, they leave their father. So these fishermen, they leave their jobs and their father to follow him. These men were with Jesus. These men saw miracles, healings. They were giving grace and forgiveness. And they, the most important thing is they received love from Jesus. Do you know what also Jesus did for these men? He withdrew himself, and he prayed for these men. He prayed for his flock. In John 17, 11, and 12, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Verse 12, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you have gave me and I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Here, he prays for his disciples, for them to be one, and they could have unity amongst the disciples. So, pastor, do you pray for your flock? Pastor, I knew what the answer was already. Pastor, do you pray for this flock to have unity? I know you do, Pastor. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Verse 21. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. 
that also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I want to remind you that these fishermen weren't the only disciples that were with Jesus. There was a devil amongst them. Someone who listened to a spirit. We all know who that is. Judas. He made a decision. He made a choice. And he acted on it. Our brothers and sisters are affected by what you and I do. And what you and I don't do around them. And our brothers and sisters will make choices. And those choices they make can have a moral overturn. In other words, our brothers and sisters can be lifted up by what we do. By doing the will of God and obeying the man of God. Or it could carry them into a deeper rebellion against God and against the man of God. And not just your brothers and sisters. Your immediate family. Your children are watching you. So all it took was one in heaven to exalt himself and to start a rebellion. And the others, the other angels, made a choice to follow. All it took was one rebellion in the wilderness, and they wandered for 40 years. They never got to see the promised land. But all it takes is a unified body to be in one mind and one accord, to do God's will, to get behind their leader and his vision. And that man has a vision. If we become unified, we could win this city to Jesus. Amen? But I want to tell you, when things got tough, those disciples, they abandoned him. When he needed them. But he knew that they would abandon him. One even went as far as to sell him out, to give him up. But he still loved him, that betrayer. And he still loved the ones that watched from a distance while he was going to be crucified. I'd like to fast forward. Jesus died. He was buried. He, raised three, he was raised three days later, and then he showed himself to his disciples. The Bible says, truly, he did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Let's go to John 21.2. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel, you have to excuse me if I don't pronounce these right, and Nathaniel of Cana, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of the disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going to go fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. These guys had the audacity that whatever all of Jesus did, the one thing, he fed them. You have to excuse me. He fed them. He washed their feet. He was crucified, he showed himself, and they wanted to go fishing. 
Peter goes back to what he did when Jesus found him. Was it because Jesus lost his zeal? Or Peter lost his zeal for the things of God? Remember, Peter was Jesus' right-hand man. But Jesus still, still, after they wanted to go fishing, he was still reaching for them. Isn't God good? A people being disobedient, a people who would fail him, fail taking instruction, knowing their purpose and his will, he's still reaching for them. He's still waiting for his people to be in one mind and one accord. He still loves us. And he's still waiting on us. He's still waiting on me. I'm such, I'm so grateful for a patient God. And I'm grateful for a patient pastor. He's been patient with me. I thank God for that. So the Bible says they went fishing. And they caught nothing. But guess who was waiting for them on the shore? John 21, 4. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know him. Verse 6. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. So they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Did they catch a multitude because they obeyed the master and their nets were mended? Mind you, these fishermen were in the boat. One of them had mentioned that there was Jesus. Guess who's the one that jumped out of the boat to go meet Jesus? Peter. Peter did. Verse 9. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread on it. Jesus had prepared a hot meal for them. Verse 10. And Jesus said to them, pay attention to this. Jesus said to them, bring me some of the fish fish which you have just caught. Do you remember earlier in the verse that we just read? They were in the boat. They didn't know it was him, but they listened to him. When he said, cast your net to the right side, they did it. But when they came to the shore and he told them, and they knew it was Jesus, he asked them to do something. But Peter was the one that went and dragged the net, and it was loaded with fish. The Bible says that there were so many in the net that the net was not even broken. The net was mended. Those disciples went out together and caught fish together and brought them. But it was only Peter that went and brought them in when he asked them. Were they being disobedient because they were feeding their flesh? Peter was being obedient. Shouldn't they have all listened to him, to the one that was in charge? Pastor, is our nets going to be mended? Pastor, are we all going to be in one mind and one accord when the multitude of fish come in? 
Are we going to make the prodigals feel welcome and love when they come home? Or are we going to gossip and talk about them? Pastor, can you come up here, please? John 21, 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, verse 16, he said to him the second time, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time, Pastor. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him again, Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. A couple scriptures later, Jesus tells Peter to follow me. Peter is still having a conversation with Jesus. Peter turns and sees a disciple. And he says, He says, he was with us at the Last Supper. He was there when you said, one of you guys are going to betray me. You know what Jesus told him? But Peter did say, what about him? What about him? Jesus told him, till I come, if it will that I remain till I come. What is that to you? What is that to you if they don't want to follow me? You follow me. You do my will. You obey my commands. You obey those who have rule over you. Church, that's all I have. Get behind your pastor. Get behind his vision. The Bible says there is no vision. People perish, but he has one. Get behind him. In Jesus' name. Wonderful word. I feel the I feel the wooing of the presence of God. It's still a little early. Would you just where you're at, maybe turn around and make your pew just an altar. 
and just begin to pray, God, help me feed your sheep. Help me, God, to find somebody, anybody, that I can tell them about you. God, I don't have a lot to offer. I've just got these hands and these feet and these lips that don't know everything there is in your word. But God, help me to somehow tell them the story of you. God, let me go to the highways and byways and let me compel them to come in. Help me, God, to find empty vessels that I can bring them to you. Oh, come on, lift up your voice right now. Help me be a light to this world, God. Help me to give, God, what you've given to us. God, you've shown mercy. You've shown love. God, you've forgiven us. Help us, God. Come on, that's it. I feel the Lord in this house right now. Let a fire begin to fall, God. Burst something in my spirit. Burst something in my soul. Let me be a light to my friends. Let me be a light to my family. Let me be a light to the city of Tulare and the surrounding cities, God. God, this revival we've got coming up, help me, God. Help me to do my part and pass out flyers and and pray and put together grocery bags and do what I can, God, to show forth the love and the light of you. Empower this church. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Help us be instruments, God. Instruments you can use. Save myself, for I, save myself for I need oh. someone to help Help me, I'm oh. Does anybody I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you, God. Help us, God. Help us, God, to share this glorious gospel to this world, to our friends, to our family, to our neighbors, those we come in contact with, God. Help us to feed your sheep. Oh, place that anointing on us, God, that anointing that breaks every yoke. Power us, God. Let that fire begin to fall. Let the book of Acts experience happen all over again, God. The fire.